This is Artist Stories, a podcast that centers experiences of artists whose lives have left a lasting impact on Southern Arizona. This is Ami Robles, and today we welcome Kali Curry, dancer, multidisciplinary artist, and social advocate. Hey, Kali, thank you for being on Artist Stories. Thank you for saying yes. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking. Thank you for having me here today. Um, this feels really special. Thank you. Can you talk a little bit about yourself? And well, you mentioned that you're not from the borderlands. So can you tell us how you end up here? Yeah, I'd love to. I've moved a lot in my life. So I was born in Chicago and I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Illinois, Nebraska, jumped over to Delaware for a little bit and then came back and I was in Wisconsin and spent a long time in Minnesota. And that's where I went to college for my undergrad, actually. I went to Minnesota State University and then lived in Minneapolis for a year after graduating before moving out to the West Coast, where I lived in Oregon for a bit, um, kind of moved around there. I lived in Eugene and Portland and a little bit like on the the very, very coast. And then at that time, I started visiting Tucson. My older brother lived there and my visits kept getting longer and longer until it was a six month visit in, I think around 2012 or 13. And then after that, I left to the Philippines for a six month dance residency. And when I came back to the U.S., I doubled down on Tucson and I was like, okay, I'm moving here. This is my place yeah. for the time being. So that's how I found my way here. Wow. So you moved a lot. Why, why was that like uh, where your parents like were, were they changing jobs? How did that happen? Yeah. When I was growing up, my dad was in the Air Force. And so that, I think, had a little bit to do with it, but also yeah. it was him uh, switching. He was switching his locations where he was working in different hospitals, too. Well, I'm glad uh, we got to keep you. <laughs> yes, it feels good to be here. The desert speaks to me. So you mentioned that you spent some time in the Philippines doing your residency as a dancer. Uh, like, Can you tell us a little bit about that, about your dance career and, and about the, the residency. I'm curious. I want to know how that was for you. Yeah, that came about when I was sitting one day and feeling unfulfilled in my artist life. And I started doing some research and I found this company in the Philippines. And I basically created this residency for myself. I reached out and I asked them if they would be interested in hosting me for a period of time. And They were, the company's called Air Dance, and they are still one of the leading contemporary dance companies in the country. Wow. And so during my time there, I was able to perform at cultural centers. I was able to perform at corporate events, and they were so generous and loving towards me. I did the contemporary dance with them, but I also got to learn some aerial movement while I was there with them. And my mom is from the Philippines. So it also fed me in that way where I spent some time where she was from and got to connect with the culture in my own way. Because Prior to that, I had only been to the Philippines with my family and maybe for a month max when I was traveling with them. Well, that's that's beautiful. I'm glad you got 
to experience that. And I'm pretty sure you're le- you learn a lot of stuff uh, related to dance. And then you said you have an MFA from ASU of dance with film focus. Can, can you tell us what is that like dance with film focus? Yeah, so I went to ASU for my master's degree and I graduated in 2020. And I was in the dance program, but as I was studying, I I found myself more and more interested in film. And so I took classes in the School of Film. One of the one of my mentors and one of the people who was on my thesis committee is this brilliant film professor. And so it really became a partial focus to the work that I was doing along with dance. And the work that I did as like my final thesis project was a half hour long dance documentary where again, I was focusing on some of this, my Filipino identity. And so I worked Mm -hmm. with other Filipino American artists and created this movement response to our our processing what it what it does mean to be someone who is a child of an immigrant and part of a diaspora and mm-hmm. so along with this film i created this whole weekend long event and uh, to kind of feature and show the film and release it into the world that's uh, so cool I, i would like to watch that <laughs> yeah yeah i I always think that I need to need to put it somewhere to make it more shareable and it's on the list. Yes, yes, please do that. Like those kind of projects are the ones that are worth it. Like those stories, we we need more of that. Uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing. I'm excited for all you're doing it. I want to go a little bit back in time. And so you do a lot of things like dancer, multidisciplinary artist, filmmaker. I want to know how it all started. I want to talk to young Koli. What was her inspiration? Absolutely. I know that my parents, uh, as I was growing up, really gave me a lot of creative outlets. The ones that I think Mm -hmm. of the most when I look back to that time are storytelling and the way Mm -hmm. my parents nurtured my love for stories, bringing me to the library, my mom handing me the first Harry Potter book, Mm-hmm. There was this public phone line where you could call and listen to a story, a new story once a week. And my mom, I remember her giving me the number for that at a young age. And I'd be so excited to listen to the new story. And I didn't have a strong concept of time. So I would call multiple times in a week and be disappointed <laughs> when there wasn't a new one available. Yeah. And along with that, they also, you know, let, allowed me to try different things. I tried theater as a kid. I did some writing. I I think I tried gymnastics a little bit and different sports at school and eventually made my way to dance around high school because I had some friends who did dancing as well. And and that really really spoke to me as as a lens to to see the world through but also to, as a way to interact with the world and create community. And after graduating high school, I kind of thought, okay, you know, dance is, is a hobby that I had for a time. And so now I need to be serious and find a job. And I, had, I was studying mass communications when I first went to school. And my second year of undergrad, I took a dance class and it was just for fun. It fulfilled some credit, I probably, and the 
dance teachers that I had were really supportive and wanted to keep me around. And that dance class became my way into taking on a dance minor. And then I eventually shifted over to becoming a dance major. And from there, my dancing has taken me, you know, all these different places. Like I've said, I've moved around a lot and had a lot of different opportunities through dance and movement. Wow, that is, <laughs> there's always this extra class that you're taking to fulfill credits that ends up being like what you do for life. That happened to me as well. <laughs> like I, I, yeah, I understand what you're, what you're saying. Uh, well, I'm glad you took that dance class for fun because look at you, you have come a long way. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I'm really lucky. My my family was always really supportive when I when I made those shifts. My parents, I mean, essentially were just like, yeah, that's great. Okay, good. Wow, good for you. You know, <laughs> they always had had my back. It was, there wasn't a struggle there with trying to convince uh -huh. the people closest to me that this was a good choice. Yeah, oh, no, that's I'm glad your family was supportive. I know like a lot of people, they have this artist inside of them. But the, the thing is that when their parents don't support them, they stop believing in themselves or that they even have talent. But no, it's the opposite. So I'm I'm happy. I'm happy that your parents were supportive and, and giving you all these creative outlets because Now you're on this podcast and we'll talk more about you. <laughs> Thank you. You are a Project Creoso grantee, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So the work that I'm doing as part of the Project Creoso grant has been ongoing for well over a year now. And what it started as was I wanted a space to get together with other dancers and just kind of be inside of creative practices, improvise, freestyle, all those things in community. And this was, yeah, early 2022 when this kind of started. So mm -hmm. still a very isolated time for all of us where we were yeah. maybe just starting to be outside and be with each other more. So mm -hmm. I had been missing these spaces where I could just dance and play and create with my friends. So as I was entering into that project, there were these two dancers, Carrie Ann Houston and Jamie Wong, who were also wanting to be very present for this. And so we kind of became a trio through that exploration. And so when I wrote the grant, I wanted us to create an evening length show where we're really inside of those freestyles and improvisations. Mm -hmm. but in a way where we've built a shared language and maybe the audience, they, they don't necessarily know looking at it like, oh, that's being made up on the spot because we've uh -huh. spent so much time in practice spaces, in conversation where we've built this kind of shared movement language. So that's mm -hmm. what we've been working on. It's it's this evening length freestyle show, essentially. Uh, this sounds like a fun and very meaningful project you're working on. So keep us, keep us updated and we'll support you all the way through yeah thank you absolutely and you know I had mentioned that film that I made back when mm -hmm. I was doing my master's degree and I created this whole event around it and it was the idea was to make like a the feeling of a Filipino family reunion oh. that everyone could be a part of um, and so I feel you know I'm talking about this 
this performance that we're going to do, but it's also my way to like create an event around something and to create these invitations for, for multiple levels of engagement. So it's not Mm -hmm. just, and and, I mean, the sitting and the watching is, is so special too, but I want to, I want the audience to have other ways to, to kind of immerse themselves in what's happening. So it's not exclusively a dance show. There will be other elements to this. Nice. I like that. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Now I want to talk about a special event that you were part of this year. <laughs> Something that yeah. when I found when I found out, it's like, yeah, yeah, she's a she's a Norse Foundation grantee and she was part of the Super Bowl. I was like, what? How did that happen? Like, I want to know <laughs> more about her. So please, Kali, can you tell us how did you end up being part of the Super Bowl halftime? Like, how did you end up being a performer? That's so, so cool. Yes. So I had the immense pleasure of performing with Rihanna at the Super Bowl halftime show. And since the Super Bowl happened in Glendale, Arizona this year, they wanted to hire local dancers to to complete the vision of that production. So mm-hmm. there was the 80 dancers who had been rehearsing with the team for, for months. And then there was the 200 Arizona dancers who we ended up joining them. And the auditions were initially a, a video submission. There was about 20 seconds of choreography that you had to learn and then film yourself doing the choreography and then we submitted. And then from there, we had to wait a couple of weeks uh, before we found out whether or not we were accepted. And that's how they got so many of these great Arizona artists to be a part of this hugely viewed televised show that was just, I I still get a little tingly when I think about it. It was just, (laughs) It's so high, so high energy. And I think like the best, best part uh, is to be, I got to be a part of this exciting thing that I got to do with my friends. The other dancers that I mentioned that I'm working with directly, Carrie on Houston and Jamie Wong, were also part of the Super Bowl halftime show along with other dancers that I know in the community. So for all of us to kind of like, come together and get to represent in that way was really special oh my god like you're telling me this and I'm like I'm sweating I'm like getting nervous right now (laughs) just (laughs) listening to to your story because oh my god just submitting that audition must have been like oh my god I, I don't have the words well I was going to say you know when I submitted the video audition it was kind of like a and I might as well thing in my head. I, I thought, you know, there's so many other dancers that are going to put themselves forward for this. And I didn't know at the time how many dancers they were going to end up taking. And so it, it was just a matter of like, well, I have nothing to lose. Yeah. I, I have something potentially to gain. And so I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> oh, my God. I think I think we're all asking ourselves this, like, I like the audience and myself. Did you meet Rihanna? <laughs> Did you get to talk to her? <laughs> yes. So yes, this is definitely a question that I've gotten from family and friends. And 
So let me tell you this. We also did not know that she was pregnant until we left the field. So they hid that from even us. So they very Uh intentionally created this distance between us. Mm -hmm. I never, I never got, she was always on stage or on the platform. I never got to like go up very close to her. You know, there was always like a distance between Mm -hmm. us. And I think it was because she was protecting her privacy, protecting her energy and protecting that big secret that was kind of, you know, planned to be unveiled at that moment. So we yeah. never got the chance to meet her as the the Arizona field dancers. She was very kind, you know. She she got onto the microphone and was always thanking us for being there and for our work and being a part of her vision. So uh-huh. we we got words of encouragement from her, but we didn't get to meet her. <laughs> oh my god! Well, you were breathing the same air, so it's the same thing, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, no, no. I bet like when Rihanna listens to this episode, she's going to be, oh my God, I wish I talked to Chloe. <laughs> no, that that's a cool thing. Thank you. It's for... okay, girl. Call me up anytime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Like, uh, but today, um, this episode is not about Rihanna. It's about Chloe Curry, a multidisciplinary artist. And just like the last thing that I'm going to ask you about the Super Bowl, is can you describe like h- how was your day? Uh, I'm pretty sure you were all excited, like hyped up. Like, so can you tell us what was it, what it's like a day in the life of a Super Bowl halftime performer? Sure, yeah. So the weeks leading up to the Super Bowl were obviously very intense, very rehearsal heavy. We did get the chance to rehearse on the field, to practice all of that with. The other dancers with Rihanna, we had been putting a lot of energy out in this very short period of time as we we're trying to bring everything together. And so the day of it, I am trying to like key back into to the feelings that were in my body as I was waking up that morning and all of that. And I was mm-hmm. I was just so excited and like I said, I was with my friends and we all carpooled there together. So we we met at my house. We all piled into the car. We had not a lot of things with us because the security was so high that we couldn't yeah. even bring up bags into the stadium with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything had to kind of stay in, stay in the car. We got there. We put on our costumes and they were very big costume so you know it took a while to get all 280 of us dressed and then there was some time to to a little bit of time to practice and warm up and kind of keep our energy up because it Mm -hmm. was such a long time of kind of sitting and waiting to to take the field and we were taking pictures on disposable cameras because we weren't allowed <laughs> to have our cell phones because again, very high security happening. Yeah. yeah. And it was getting closer to halftime. We entered into the tunnels and we were all trying to like stay in our lines, stay in our formations. And I actually didn't have any, I, I don't think I was really nervous at all. I think I was just so excited to be a part of it. And I knew that Again, there's 200 of us. No one has eyes on me, right? I just get to have fun and be 
in the moment and not really worry about everything. And, you know, leading up to to the day of whenever we would practice, I would have these like really strong kind of fierce looks on my face. I was trying to like be all cool and fiery. And then once it came time where we were actually on stage, actually on the field, actually performing, I just had the biggest grin on my face. I just looked like I was (laughs) cheesing out because I was just... (laughs) It was, I was so happy. So that's kind of what the day was like for me. Yeah, I bet. Like, like right now I'm just like, wow, like smiling. Oh my God. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that experience with me. Like, honestly, I'm going to rewatch the halftime uh, show and I'm going to look for you. I'm going to like, where's Collie? Where's, where is she? <laughs> yes, you can look for me on the very front row 25 yard line on the chief side of the field i'm the tiny little ant right there (laughs) cheesing my heart out excellent i feel like this is gonna be like a great story for your for your kids or grandkids (laughs) like yeah mom i mean truly it was such a it was like a big cultural moment it was something that a lot of people obviously talked about for for a minute there so Definitely something I'm holding on to and and happy I got to be a part of. So you are definitely the coolest artist I've ever talked to. So could you you share advice for artists in your community? We we would really like to hear from you. Yeah, when I think about advice that I want to share with other artists and people I'm in community with, the very first thing that comes to my mind is having an abundance mentality as opposed Mm -hmm. to a scarcity mentality. And I think of things like receiving this grant. And whenever I'm applying for grants or see new grants come up, I'm always sharing it with with other friends, with other people, and, and even helping them kind of navigate the grant spaces if it's something they're not familiar with or or just providing support and encouragement if it's something they've done before. And, Mm -hmm. and when I do that, you know, I'm creating another person that essentially I'm, I'm competing with for limited funds, right? Because there's not endless amount of money pouring in towards artists, as we all know. Um, But to have that, that mentality of abundance and that and that maybe this one isn't for me and it is for for you or for someone else and that if we just keep sharing with each other that we will create a space where there is mm-hmm. enough for all of us that, that where we can continue to support each other and and maybe if you get this grant and I don't that you still create a space for me to share my work or maybe film or photograph part of the project or or just to the opportunity to give witness and and see the work that that you're creating yeah Um, so I think that 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 is really easy to have that that scarcity mentality and I'm not going to say that I'm completely above it and I don't fall into that Mm -hmm. trap at times because I definitely do so this is a reminder for myself as much as anyone. And again, like going back to the the Super Bowl audition, I I received that audition notice from a friend. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, similarly, they could have they could have thought like, "Oh, I don't want to tell more people about this because 
then that's one more spot that might be filled that that maybe mm -hmm. I won't get right um and when there's so many so many great dancers who we know who are in community with and and sometimes if we feel like we're not getting the opportunities that we want then we kind of want to like hide away our our mm -hmm. resources or our our secrets and and feel like oh but you know i i really need to focus and and do this for me and i think that's valid but just continuing that reminder to ourselves that there's that if we share we can create mm -hmm. opportunities for more and opportunity for for more than enough for that abundance yeah right uh -huh. so that's one of the first things that comes to mind when i'm thinking about um advice that i'd like to share no that's perfect i'm glad how you pointed out like if it wasn't for my friends like i, I wouldn't like even known of that audition right it's very important that mm -hmm. you always share like so basically don't gatekeep uh there's enough for everyone <laughs> exactly yes yes thank you that's beautiful and so what are your hopes or and plans for the future i'm excited to to know what, what what's 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 in your your plate for next couple of years yeah well even even sooner than that i have a, a project that i'm really excited about i have these two long distance collaborators uh, marguerite hemmings and anise hines and we've been collaborating together since 2019 on different projects um, mm -hmm. and some of them have been community workshops or we're finishing up a, a somatic training with a group through the embodiment institute but the next thing that we're doing is marguerite hemmings received a residency at the yard at martha's vineyard which is Ooh. a very well-known dance space on the east coast and so Um, we are going to all be taking part in that residency together. And I'm really, really excited about this because as long distance collaborators, a lot of our work has been virtual. So it will be great for us mm -hmm. to be together in a shared space. And also this is kind of a, another one of those dancers dreams. Like you see other dancers premiering work at the yard or, mm -hmm. or doing residencies or th doing things there so it's kind of one of those things that was like oh wow and now i get to do this too i get to be a part of those that space and the stories that are there as well so i'm really really excited about that and then in the nearest future the project that the that we, we received funding through the mm -hmm. project Crusoe grant it will be happening uh, in the nearest future so i'm excited about that as well And then I'm really just looking forward to continuing to find new ways to deepen my relationship with dance and movement because I've been mm -hmm. doing it for over half my life at this point. And so for, to, to be able to receive these big dream opportunities this year, like this residency that I mentioned or performing in the halftime show, um, it feels really good to know that um, there's still big things lying ahead and and I'm excited to to keep trying new forms to um, new creative outlets I I really like crafts I really like small creative projects mm -hmm. and just making things in general it brings me a lot of joy and satisfaction I'm glad you're 
you're creating all of this and just fulfilling your dreams, like getting that residency, working on Project Crew. So that's that's awesome. I think we've gotten to a point in our podcast that we ask our random questions. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you one. It's gonna be very random, okay? Because I'm I'm just coming up with it. <laughs> I love it. Yes. If you were stranded like a desert island, right? Would you rather, and you can only be with one person, mm -hmm. okay? Would you rather be with, oh Ooh, no, okay. no, I'm okay. not gonna ask this because this could bring you problems with your friends. I was gonna ask you, would you rather, <laughs> would you rather be stranded on the island with two of your best friends <laughs> or with Rihanna? No, they won't because I would, I would definitely choose my friends um, <laughs> just because we, we do have the, that shared love already built in and cultivated. So absolutely, I would want to be, you know, in a, in a situation like that with people who I'm already in community with where we can, where we can support and try and find a way off the island together. <laughs> <laughs> so easy. It was easy. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I, I really, I know you're, you're better than me. I might have said it something different. <laughs> no, I, and I don't know. We don't even know if Rihanna has like skills. Like, does she does she even know how to fish? Maybe she does, but I don't know. Do your, right. do, do she your probably friend? has a private jet. I wonder oh. if you can just. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. No, thank you for answering my my random like. I love random questions, and I'm always asking friends and people around me the would you rather questions so thank you for letting me play <laughs> along for a moment we're at the end of our episode and if you could just share with with our listeners with the audience how can how can they find you like what's the best way to reach out to you or just like follow your work I'm pretty active on social media especially Instagram so I feel like that's a good place to find me especially because I will post about my upcoming projects mm -hmm. and shows, but also I'll post other people's upcoming projects and shows. So if you're just someone who, who likes to go out and be a part of community events, um, definitely follow me so that I can share those things with you. And on Instagram, my handle is inicole.curry. And so it's spelled A-Y-N-A-K-O dot curry c-u-r-r-y perfect perfect so now you know where to find chloe's work uh thank you so much chloe i had so much fun talking to you good luck on everything you do i'm pretty sure you're gonna do great yes thank you as well I, this was a lot of fun for me too i have had a i think my jaw is gonna hurt i've had a big smile on my face this whole time <laughs> so i'm i'm really glad that i got to sit and talk with you This has been Artist Stories, featuring the stories of artists and arts organizations in our region. To listen to more podcasts, visit kxci.org. Artist Stories is a project of the Arts Foundation for Tucson and Southern Arizona, which is partially funded by the City of Tucson and Pima County. Music for this podcast was created by Jonathan Rodriguez.